You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Celtics lose 90-78. Andrew Pern is in the house. We're on the court tonight. Uh, no drills going on, but the Celtics did get drilled pretty badly. Garden Report, Celtics blog, CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Garden Report, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. With me, as always, Jimmy Toscano from Celtics blog. And with us for the first time on this show, old buddy of ours, Andrew Perna from Real GM. Have you? Thanks for having me, guys. Looking Anytime. very sharp. He's not touching himself. Right. Anytime. 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 Said it. So Andrew will be on every single time that we shoot the show for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I'm the new call. Uh, the Celtics lost 90 to 78. The storyline before the game is the return of the prodigal son. The storyline after the game is he returned, didn't really do too much, but they won anyway. But they won. Yeah. So pretty exciting storyline. Uh, we're going to talk about Austin Rivers, all the emotions, all the tears pouring down the cheeks of everybody. No, not really. Nobody really cared. Uh, and then we'll talk about getting to the penetration. Penetration uh, was an issue for these guys in a very sexually charged Garden Report so far. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to box out and ball up. Or lack thereof. Exactly. Um, I mean, I am rocking purple, so I'm trying to keep it a little bit exciting. Um, so, Austin Rivers, he scored one point, I think, in the game before this one. He scored eight points tonight. So, no, he didn't really have. Times the production of that. That's true. Uh, so for your multiplication fans out there, um, but he he didn't look great tonight. But before the game, we heard they actually had a pregame actual official press conference for, for Austin. I've never that hasn't happened. And, were you there? I was there. I, yeah. I saw you there. Yeah, I was there. I thought, yeah, I saw someone. I was like, oh, it looks like Jimmy. I wanted to be there because I knew with the special occasion. So Jimmy did his job tonight. That's pretty good. Um, but they at least in two years I've covered the team, they've never done that before. Andrew. No, I mean, that's usually reserved for playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yep. There's not even a Celtic that gets his own press conference before a game. So, obviously, we, everybody knew it was a story. Everybody had to talk about it. Um, you know, so, him and Doc answered the question. I think it was a little interesting. He seemed to be a little bit more affected by it than Doc. Yeah, no, I would agree. Well, in, in a way, I think that Doc was affected in the sense that he didn't really want to play against. He didn't want to coach his son. But no, no. He made that pretty clear. Right, yeah. he made that, yeah, he, because he basically said, you know, after the game two, he said it was it was weird, it was it was awkward. And I think Doc's kind of happy that he only, it only happens twice a year as opposed to, you know, it could be four times a year yeah. if they're in the East. So that was, you know, that's a good thing. But Austin's kind of like, it's easier for me because I'm just going out there and playing my game. You know, it's not like where Doc has to game plan against his own son, a kid that, He's been obviously cheering for his entire life and rooting for it. Now, on this night, he sort of has to, in a way, balance 
being proud of what his son's doing on the court, but also not to the point where it's going to, you know, make the Celtics lose. And I think that's sort of tough for a parent to have to do. And uh, one of the weird things, uh, we'll, you know, we'll just let you tell you. You know, it was strange. Um, it was funny. I, the one time I, he did something, I was about to say something. And I didn't say, you know, I, I caught myself. You know, I forgot he was on the other team. You know, other than that, um, you know, it was just it's just strange dynamic. I I didn't enjoy it honestly. You know, um, I know it's neat for everyone else, but as a father, I don't know if I enjoyed that. No, you detach from it, but you do see him. I mean, you see your son run by you down the floor. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that's just different. You know, um, you know, the one time he made the layup in uh, in front of our bench and went right by you. Yeah, I'm used to like keep going, you know. And instead, I'm yelling at my guy for letting him get to the basket. So it's just different, you know. Uh, George Carl was somewhere laughing. He said it's going to be strange, and he said your guys are going to play more. And he said it's, and he was right. Doc uh, almost forgot which team his son played for, and they kind of, you know, they talked. They kind of talked. Both of them talked about how they've had a tight bond as far as just training each other, how you know, Austin has always tried to have been competitive with his dad. I think he said that he was starting to beat his dad once when he was in like eighth or ninth grade or so, and his dad would just get pissed off and punt the ball over the fence. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Doc talked about how, well, both of them talked about how important uh, it was to develop that kind of bond of coaching throughout their, uh, throughout his childhood, and the fact that Doc is still trying to do it now. I mean, Jimmy, do you think it, just, what's your assessment of Austin at this point as an NBA player? Well, first of all, I think that obviously Doc's competitiveness has rubbed off on his son because, like you said, they went, you know, they went back and forth when Austin was a kid, and Doc never let his son win. I know Austin said that his dad used to be in everything, including like board games, Connect Four, you mentioned, and, and you know, I think it, Austin said it was the eighth or ninth grade where finally he beat Doc, and like you said, Doc kicked the ball over. But I think that that's really helped Austin's game. Clearly, having a guy like that to play against, and I think. The one thing Austin doesn't lack is confidence, and I know that his coach, Monty Williams, mentioned before the game that that's the one thing, the one reason he's glad that he coaches Austin is because he doesn't think a lot of coaches would be able to deal with the confidence Austin has. And what that means is, you know, Austin could have a bad game like he's had in the past and sort of, like, brush it off and still have a confidence to take the same shots, you know, in the next game and the next game after that. And I think as a rookie, and I talked to a couple of players, I talked to Paul Pierce, and he said, you know, confidence, aside from a strong work, work, work ethic, is the most important thing to have as a young player because you're playing against these, you know, grown men and NBA players, and you need to be confident in your game if you want to ever be successful. No, I mean for sure. I mean, you know, Jared, you said he had one point in the last game. I think he had one point in the last five games, and he comes into an environment like this where the media was hyper focused on him. Uh, you know, playing at the Garden against players that he knows pretty well from you know being around his dad, and he didn't blink. I mean, he didn't have a great game, but you know, eight points or whatever it was, an assist. Um, good plus minus obviously helped by the fact that they won, right. uh, and you know just not not at all scared in the moment, which I think obviously is something you get when you grow up with a dad like Doc who right. experienced everything at a professional level and was able to pass those things down onto his son. And he showed flashes, and I think that's been him all season. You know, one game he's there. Mm-hmm. I know me and you looked at his his career yeah. high, season high, and it was yeah. 27 points, yeah. and we're looking at it like. Wow, he scored 27 points yeah. this year, and you don't see that, yeah. you know, like tonight, you don't think that that's something that could happen, and obviously the last couple of games, but he sort of have it up and down season so far, and I think once he finds himself as a player, you know, the you know the 
later and later he gets in his career, he'll become more and more consistent. And like you said, the background that he has, I think, um, you know, there's no reason to believe that he can't be successful and be an NBA player eventually. And we saw tonight he had uh, this one, he had a couple of them, but he had this one dribble drive where he crosses up it. I think it's either Rondo or Bradley on him. Mm-hmm. He gets into the paint, Bass goes up, and he's able to kind of do an up and under finger roll type move on Bass, which worked great. He hit the shot. The guy can score. He can get into the right. paint. And that was an issue for the Celtics. They could not get into the paint tonight. Uh, Doc said uh, in the post-game press conference that they had all sorts of issues. Let's take a look at what he said. Yeah, yeah. well, they scored in the paint, and we refused to go in the paint. You know, we had an electric fence around the uh, paint tonight. We just settled, I thought. That, I mean, that's how you play when you don't, like, well, I don't know what the new word is, bring it or whatever you, what do you young people say? You know, whatever that is, we didn't have, you know, and uh, we settled. We took the uh, easy shots. Uh, we didn't cut. We didn't space. We didn't run offense. But I thought we played six great minutes at the beginning of the game, played with a lot of energy, and then it just dissipated. So the the electric fence was an issue. They were getting shocked every time they tried to get around it. I mean, Perna, they – I thought you know, Rondo was able to get into the two transition, but they weren't really running sets in which they were able to get the guy catching the ball, moving towards the rim, and actually being able to get past the free throw line. And that just there's because of that, their spacing wasn't really working. No, I mean that's true. I mean they didn't drive a lot. Uh, the Hornets that seemed to be what they were looking to do. Uh, we pushed the points of the paint, you know, 48 to 32. Um, the Celtics shot awful from the foul line. Uh, but the teams had the same number of fouls. So, I mean, obviously they weren't attacking the rim. Uh, I know Pierce mentioned the fact that, you know, Monty Williams was just cycling out big. Uh, you know, none played 30 minutes. But you got Anthony Davis, you know, Robin Lopez, uh, Jason Smith, and they were just cycling them in for energy uh, to make sure that guys were active. And the Celtics just either didn't want to attack them or, you know, like you said, they just the points weren't putting them in the right position to get into the paint. Uh, and it seemed like they were settling for jumpers. At times in the first half, they were going. I think at one point in the first half, towards the end, they were shooting like 52%. Uh, they scored 25 points in the first quarter, and eventually they just stopped hitting them, and then the offense just stagnated from there. Yeah, I thought the, it wasn't so much the bigs I had an issue with. I thought, I thought the guards weren't aggressive going to the yeah. paint tonight, because when you look at the shot attempts, you have only eight from Rondo, only four from Bradley. I mean, Terry had, Terry went five of ten, but you know a lot of his shots are from not from the paint. I mean, we saw, you know, even on a fast break, he'll, he'll pull up and he won't, yeah. he won't drive to the hole. I think, and it's, you know, you've got to be, your guards have to be aggressive. And I, didn't, I thought Rondo, and, you know, there are some plays where I do remember Rondo making some really nice drives and, and, you know, those Turkish finishes that we see from time to time. But I know Kevin Garnett, 7 of 12 tonight, Bass, 4 of 6. It wasn't like those players were being denied points when they took the, when they took the shots. I thought it was the guards that maybe needed to be a little more aggressive. All right, let's move it along to boxing out. Uh, Perna, I mean, what was, what was your stat of the night? I would say the stat of the line for me has to be foul shots. Uh, you know, uh, six for 16 for Boston. That's just not a lot of attempts, and it's just an awful percentage, obviously. Yeah. You know, you got to get at least 12 or 13 if you're only going to take 16. Uh, and then the Hornets had about 26 or 31. So they were driving. I mean, they were doing exactly the opposite of what the Celtics, you know, were doing. They were driving it. You know, Vasquez, everybody was going into the paint. They had no problem attacking Celtic big, and uh, you know that's one of the huge reasons why they won. Good stat. Hey, thanks. My stat is my stat is um, 22.2 percent. That's the Celtics field goal percentage from three-point range. 
Um, if you're not going to drive to the hoop and you're not going to be aggressive in the paint, then you better be hitting your outside oh, yeah. shot. Yeah. And when you go four of 18, well, then obviously that's a recipe. That's a recipe for a loss because you're not being aggressive in the paint and you're not hitting your outside shots. So, where's the scoring coming from? You know, what are you taking long range twos? Like, yeah. what's going on? So, you know, a night like that, and I think it goes back to what Doc said for the game, uh, after the game was that there was no urgency. There was a, it just seemed like that it wasn't intense enough, for, especially in the fourth quarter. It seemed like we're all waiting yeah. for them to turn it on, yeah, and it yeah. never happened. And the Hornets came out flat to start the fourth quarter, and the Celtics could not capitalize. And eventually when the Hornets, you know, snapped out of it, the Celtics, maybe they snapped out of it a little bit too, but there wasn't enough, you know, they didn't close the gap at all. And it goes back to the outside shots. It goes back to the... My number is 11. That's rebounds for Gravis Vasquez. Not Rajon Ronda, but Gravis Vasquez, of all people, stacking up the rebound. Wow. I mean, the guy's definitely one of the most improved players in the league this year. Right. And to see him have such a well-rounded game. Now, he did have six turnovers. He did go one for seven from deep pretty hideous numbers, but he overall, I thought, had a really solid game. And for me, he was my baller of the night. See, so the segue right there didn't even announce nice it. But, you know, for me, Gravis just had a really solid all-around game, and he was kind of the steady hand for them throughout the game that they really needed. So, my, ball, balling up. Baller up. My, I'm going to go with, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say the bigs, the, the New Orleans bigs, because I didn't think any one of them really stood out above the rest, but I just thought that, you know, Aminu, Davis, and Lopez, those three guys... When you look back at the points in the paint, 48 to 32, rebounds 48 to 33. I mean, those are two huge differentials. I mean, aside from the free throws, I think that that's those are the two other biggest reasons that the Hornets won tonight. So, props to the the big three of uh, New Orleans. The, the big three is how they're known Physically, nationally. That's what the ESPN calls them, right? The big three. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a little more specific than Jimmy. We all know if somebody was going to cheat on the show, it would have been him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with just Aminu. Uh, you know, 18 and 8. Uh, from the foul line, 12 for 13. I mean, he hit double the number of foul shots that the Celtics hit and almost attempted as many. I mean, we talked about, you know, the guards wow. penetrating. But, you know, he was just banging in there. He was, had a couple of and one a couple of and one opportunities. Um, and he looked, I mean, for a guy who we've kind of been waiting to fulfill his promise, he looked awesome tonight against Celtics. And, you know, he's my baller. He just named Al Farouk, which is yeah, the awesome I mean, first name. He has a hyphen in his first name. Yeah. That's special. I think he's like literally a prince. I heard something like that. I heard something like that, which makes me wish I talked to him after the game. Well, maybe he and uh, Pospen Sabansu can uh, go, ch- or is it Luke Richard Mamute? One of those only two guys are. A guy, African guys with long names are probably going to be punished. I think he's the guy that keeps sending me the emails about they're transferring some money. I don't yeah, know. yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> no comment on that one. Um, Andrew, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having the softest manly voice. Hey, no problem. Ever heard. Hey, my, oh, my God, look at that. Yeah. Liquidy. Uh, I moisturize. Shake my hand. Anyway, just Ooh, yeah. Shake my hand. Those, are pretty, those for, are pretty soft, too. Small stature, but very firm handshake. That, that's what I was taught. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sign this off nice and smooth. Andrew Perna from Real GM, Jimmy Toscano from Celtics Blog. My name is Jared Weiss. Tune in to this show on iTunes, on the CLNS Radio iTunes feed, on the Celtics Blog YouTube page, and being broadcasted on CLNS Radio the day after the game. Shout-out to Danush. Trying to get my shout-out to as much as I can. Shout-out to the Celtics for losing 90-78. This is the Garden Report on Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio. Shout-out to Kate Upton, who I got to call after the game, too. Oh, okay.